Tuesday, and that means there's a brand new episode of 100 Steps to Drag, the podcast where I, Natasha 100, sits down with your favorite drag artist to ask them how they started and where they want to go next. Bitch, this episode is extra special. We have a winner, not only a winner, a winner amongst the winners honey they are an entertainer all around literally explosive on, on stage like their energy is fucking amazing we chatted a little bit before starting the pod and i'm just so stoked to have them here they are a figure already in the downtown la scene and in the la area in general please welcome aziza Bijou. what's poppin it's your girl aziza motherfucking bjv how you doing hey i'm better now you're here how are you i love that oh my god how are you doing you were just talking about it's been a long day it's been a good day how's everything i'm doing i'm alive i'm here today's a very very special sort of day so i have a a bunch of energy that i can that i can put out i feel really really good it's a very peaceful day you're very sad how our chakras are aligned Aziza, I'm so excited to have you here because I don't really know you that well, but I'm so excited to get to know you a little bit more. So why don't we start from the beginning? I know that, that you moved to L.A. a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Almost uh, be three years in March. Three years. Where did you move from? I moved from Rochester, New York. You know, like Niagara Falls, Buffalo, that part of New York. Like upstate. I, I get asked so many times by people when they hear that I'm from New York. They're like, oh, are you from like Brooklyn? Are you from Queens? I'm like, no, baby. I'm actually like my hometown's closer to Canada (laughs) than it is to New York City. But close. You're like the less glamorous part of New York. Yeah. Yeah. A lot less glamorous, a lot more racist. But, you know, we still got the same attitude. As you should. That New York vibe travels through and through. Hey, I love that. And did you start doing drag there or did you start doing drag when you moved to LA? I started doing drag seven years ago in Rochester, but I really got into doing drag once moving to LA. Like I had a whole drag journey of my first three, four years of doing drag, kind of just like doing a lot smaller, a lot smaller gigs and a lot more community footwork is what I was using my drag for back then. But as far as performing and working the stage and stuff, that really, that really uh, took off once I moved here, which is what I wanted. But she's not new to drag, honey. That explains a lot on the stage, mama. (laughs) Yeah, as I like to say, like, I'm not new to that. I'm new to y'all i'm not new to this (laughs) that is a good way to put it i'm new to this scene i'm not new to drag yeah but you know my experience with drag like i do consider like me moving here and starting drag like a whole new avenue like it definitely was a new start i found my drag mother and my drag daughter like i really started becoming involved with like drag family and really truly being a part of the drag community and the drag scene once i moved here i love it i was starting drag in rochester new york you mentioned it's kind of racist I'm assuming it's kind of conservative. So how was that about? So Rochester's drag scene is very like traditional pageant scene. Back in my young, my young drag days, I would call them the, I would call them the old, the old bitches, you know? Oh my God, girl. <laughs> and they, they all kind of looked a certain way. Um, and it wasn't like how I looked, if we know what I'm talking about. They also performed in a very specific sort of way. I also have a very specific sort of drag. I'm very high energy. I dance around a lot it's also very black it's very my my drag is very trans and rochester just was not the space 
for that, there weren't very many Black girls in the scene. There's like maybe three or four of us at a time out of like maybe 30 girls. It definitely was a lot of like cherry picking of like, this girl gets to be the token. You know, it was a, there was a lot of pokeism. And that caused me to have a lot of risk with like a lot of the, you know, because we're all basically fighting for like this one coveted spot in this in this drag scene. And I was also pretty vocal. I'm uh, very, very vocal when I see things that not, aren't necessarily right, which they also kind of had problems with as well. Because I used to go into places and I used to like speak, you know, I used to speak up. I would speak my mind. I'd be like, you know, why am I the only one here? Or why am I pushed into this corner? And a lot of the times we're like taught that like you have to pay your dues when you're moving into, especially if you're like a new drag performer, that you have to like pay your dues and that you're supposed to be the one that's pushed in the corner. You can't really open your mouth or say anything right. until you move up the ranks. And that just wasn't, that just wasn't my tea, girl. Like I'm asking questions the minute that I got into the scene like what does this look like because that's what our drag is for you know that's what it started as we're supposed to be getting things together with our drag and definitely caused me to have a lot of risk with a lot of the girls so my first couple of years I spent really it was spent more of in a, in a more combative way like my drag was used to make an FU to like my community or to my scene that wasn't really conducive to like my out of drag health that wasn't really conducive to like me wanting to build relationships with my community um so yeah, that was that was definitely a whole little journey, you know. I guess I'm tight with maybe one person from from home. I still keep in contact with like a lot of the girls from home because you know one day I do want to have them look at me and be like, oh, like remember that girl that we were trying to like push off to the side, like you know. I guess we all kind of want that. Yeah, that recognition for them to be like, damn, she made it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I definitely keep my antennas up so that way they can receive what I'm putting. You know, like they can receive what I'm putting out. But I'm here now with my with my actual family and my true home you know and it was definitely one of the better decisions that I've made just in life in general was like taking everything that I was building and bringing it to a space where it would be appreciated you know I didn't have to use I don't have to use my drag to fight anymore right I I get that I relate to that because sometimes where we are planted is not necessarily where we are meant to bloom you know sometimes you have to find that space that it's conducive for you to release yourself and to actually flourish I just need to get put in a bigger pot you know i just needed to be a repotted plant that's it so my roots can grow a little bit further into some soil that's like great and you know i've moved around quite a bit i did live in new york city for a short amount of time thinking that that was going to be different and then i also took my drag to like different parts of new york so it's not like it was just like oh i'm like uprooting and going to Coming to the West Coast, it did take a minute of me, like, you know, moving things around and trying out different soils, so to speak, before being like, you know, I know where my spirit is pulling me and it's over here. <laughs> yes. Oh, welcome home, baby. I know you've been here for a minute, but welcome home again. Thank you. It's a new welcome every single day. Every time I get like an opportunity to, to showcase what I'm doing, every time I get an opportunity for my small business to grow and for that to get moved forward, it's just another reminder of like, this is where, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. I've been at this for seven, six, seven years now. And now it's 
within the last three years, it's like moving, it's like moving forward. I guess it also does come with a change in mindset too, which is the most important part of this move was that it really helped me to take my mind and move it somewhere else. You know, you can be anywhere, but as long as your mind is in the right place, you can manifest things and bring things to life. Yes, mind over matter, honestly. And I, I do believe in manifestation. Oh, I love it. It's worked for me so much. And I always encourage people to look into it and at least try it once. And if you're not feeling it, okay, leave it aside, but please at least try it. Yeah, not a, as they say, Rome wasn't built in one night. Like, you know, it, it's trial and error. You know, it, it's taking those opportunities and being like, well, let me just, let me act on this. If it doesn't work this time, that's perfectly fine. Let's just keep it moving and let's try it again in a different way. Let's figure out what the factors that could be changed for us to really get that right, like, equation of like, okay, space plus the energy that you're putting in plus the energy that you're taking in, all of that really comes into play. Yeah. I love the way you put it. Everything does come into play. And when you moved to LA, you said you found your drag family. Who's part of your drag family now? I am the daughter of the amazing Honey Davenport from RuPaul's Drag Race season 11. Mm -hmm. Bring her back to All Stars, honey. She's been doing such fucking great work since Drag Race. Oh, Oh my god yeah since her music has really just like her music is really taken off and her doing these pageants excuse me you know she just did continental i actually danced with her for continental um so i was able to see like that side of things and it was it's a pretty very new side of drag seeing for me like actually seeing like what pageant and what go like what it takes to put together pageantry package and then also seeing her step back into pageantry after you know, taking her, making her own lane for her drag that was definitely taught me a lot. So I'm really glad to have her in my life. Honestly, almost like the same person. So much so that like our birthdays are like two days, of, like two or three days apart. We're from the same state. We went to the same college. Like we're, you know, very, very, very similar. It was the universe that put you guys together. Yeah, the universe just kind of brought her into my life. She came to the first competition that I did in LA, which was MXDTLA at Precinct, which I won, you know, not to toot my own horn. Hey, this is for you to toot your own horn, baby. Please do. You know, she came and saw, and I think this is like maybe the second or third week of the competition that she came. At mind you, she had already been on the race and I'd already like been following her. I've been very, you know, interested in her drag. And she had told her friend one night after watching me that she was like, oh, I'm gonna like, I'm that girl right there. I'm gonna make her my daughter. And then uh, maybe a year and a half later we just had the opportunity she was given an opportunity to build a number which was our which became our uh infamous bring it on number where we all like were the clovers at mickey's it was it was really it was really fun i saw so that was an opportunity to really like connect and work together and really feel like each other's energy um and then literally from like then on i probably have spoken to her or once a day minus like maybe there's like oh this day where she's busy because mama works a lot yeah you know she She's, she's a busy woman. We speak more often than not. You know, I've kept a very, very close contact with her. She was very instrumental in bringing me, uh, taking me off of the street because there was a very long stretch of time that I've been living in LA where I was experiencing houselessness and living in like hostels and living with like boyfriends just to not, you know, just to not be on the street. And during that time, she really, she saw a lot in me and she just like yanked me up and was just like, you just, 
stay with stay at my house until you get everything together and then during that time we just were on our on her balcony together having one of our many balcony moments our balcony conversations and we just like looked at each other and she just was like you know you're like you know you're my daughter right and I was like that's so funny because I was literally gonna ask you to be my drag mom because like I just feel it and she's like, yeah, it's it's like unspoken. So yeah, that's that's my mama. And I have two beautiful sisters, Swade and Luscious Tea. The four of us, we're kind of known for like putting together, we'll put together a really, really bomb number with the four of us. You know, the, the Lions Den where all of our birthdays are within the same week. So it's like Honey. August 3rd, August 4th, August 10th, August 13th. House of Leo's mama. Oh my gosh. All the, all the egos. Yeah, the full <laughs> Lions Den. I've kind of like assign them in my brain the like roles of like like these are my my two big sisters you know i look up to them both in different ways swade really keeps me grounded and like in reality and like looking at logic which is sometimes something that i can struggle with i can be i can be pretty flighty i live very much in my crown uh, yes in your fantasy honey <laughs> you know she definitely like brings me down and then luscious has the just the the finesse and the like i don't care what you can say like i'm i'm me like the self-assurance is what she is what i really look to her for even if she's not actively like telling me like this is this is what you should do which you know she does give me lots of advice but just by watching her by osmosis I'm like picking up like amazing amazing qualities from her and I also have like the most important relationship that exists in my life right now my best friend and my drag daughter who is literally sitting right here with me her name is Danny Keys she's also an amazing drag ama amazing drag artist an amazing seamstress designer and we met like maybe nine months after me moving she moved here like three months after me and we just met and it was it was sisterhood like from jump and then just through being in drag which is how we kind of came to the mother-daughter sort of dynamic but honestly that mother-daughter role definitely switches because she is a she can sew her fucking ass off excuse my language i can't sew so there's things that she's teaching me just like it's like, just like it's the reciprocal. And I talk to her every, you know, I talk to her every single day. One thing that I have always wanted to have in my entire life is like, you know, you want to be, I've always wanted to be part of like that dynamic duo. Like I've always wanted to have a ying, you know, to match my ying. And again, just with trial and error and my own experiences with friends and their intentions versus like also where my, my brain can be. At certain times, I haven't necessarily had the best of luck until, you know, coming in contact with her and, and finding her. And we really do a great job of, like, keeping each other balanced and keeping each other present because we are here for each other, you know? Very codependent relationship, but I'm okay with that because sometimes codependence is needed. That's what community is. You feel me? Yes. You need somebody to keep you grounded, like you said. It's really great. She's been extremely instrumental in just, like, like my trans journey and just having someone else trans experience to to really speak to and connect with on that way because you know we can share our feelings with like as many people as we want but like there it's pretty rare that we find someone that can really understand and see and feel the shoes that you're walking in right i'm very very thankful to have her in my life she's 
such a blessing. <laughs> such a blessing to me. I haven't met her, but I'm sure she's fucking lovely. I need to get a kiki with her. You know what? Her name is Danny Kiki. Oh. Speaking of the universe, honey, look, everything is connecting. Everything's flowing. And I also love that you mentioned a relationship that all sometimes switched from mother to daughter because that is so fucking true. My drag mom would always say that. Like, it's not that I'm going to teach you all the time. You know, I'm also going to learn from you and I'm learning from you. And that's exactly how it works. It's not just like one way. It's a, it's a mutual relationship of respect, of learning, of camaraderie. That was the word. I don't know the word of that word. But yeah, it's 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 a mutual relationship. And I think that's beautiful. I love that bitch so much. So fucking much. And she's dancing in front of me. Oh my God. <laughs> and trust me, she will be popping out because the girl, you think I am a beast on stage? Like, imagine what I do. Plus, I decide to throw in like some backflips. Honey. Yeah. Honey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She is. It. And speaking of being a beast on stage, you are a fantastic performer. Like, bitch, you ate that up. Are you a trained dancer by any chance? I am. I started when I was three. My beginning in, in dance was through West African dance, jazz, and tap. And that'll usually show up a lot because those are very musical-based dance styles. So you'll see a lot of that in like my drag and the music that I use. Or the way that I will interpret music, you can tell like, I'm very connected to the music. And then I started, it was when I went to high school and I, because I went to a performing arts high school in Rochester. Um, I went in for music, although I was, you know, mainly a day, I was mainly a dancer. And I switched in ninth grade to the dance major, which is when I started, you know, like your ballet, modern, contemporary, and like really bringing in the structure and the technique. But I've always been like a theater kid. I've always been a musician. I've always been in some sort of class because I knew, I just knew that like I would be doing something like this one day. You're like, I don't know exactly how I'm going to be on stage, but I'm going to be on stage. So this is going to be helpful one day. You know, I got to get it all because you never know. I just know that I'm going to be here. Period. <laughs> Literally, sometimes you know. And when you know, you know. And there was nothing that, like, I never had to deal with, which I'm very fortunate to have a mother who was extremely supportive in my artistry, that she invested in every way that she could, being a single mom and caring for four kids. She made sure that I was in every dance class that I could get into that we could afford, any audition that I was going to. She made sure I got there, picking me up from late rehearsals and also showing up to to my shows and just being in the audience she has been there every step of the way and a lot of the reason why I'm going so hard also it is for myself but it is also to show like that I acknowledge the sacrifices that she had to make in order for me to really make my dreams come true and I just want to be able to show her that it's all worth it you know what I'm saying that she didn't do it yeah, all that is so beautiful shout out to your mom because not everyone would do that especially with like dance classes and something that's a little bit considered more femme honey yeah Oh, yeah. There was, like, none of that. And I, I give my mom, like, a hard time. Sometimes, like, me and my mom, like, we have a very peculiar sort of relationship. Like, we do act very much as, like, you would think that we were, like, friends or that that was, like, my aunt or something. But she definitely has been so instrumental in, in like, my growth and just seeing her and what she has been able to accomplish for herself for her kids just is that reminder of one of the first teachings of, like, bitch, it's possible. You know, you just get your, like, there's people that rely on 
you. You know, there's people that you are relying on and you want to make sure that you, you can show up and show yes. them out. And she did that. She showed all the way off for you. That is so lucky that you had a mom like that. Thank you. Thanks, Pam. Uh, shout out to Pam. <laughs> Listen, dancing is very important when it comes to drag. It's not everything, but it's very important. And a lot of us are not trained dancers like yourself. So what piece of advice would you give to somebody that does drag but is not necessarily a trained dancer? For people that aren't necessarily trained dancers, I will say, I'm sorry to say, find a dance class. Simple as that, bitch. At the end of the day, it's, it's a smaller win to gain technique, flexibility, or whatever. But what being in a dance class really teaches you is it gets you into your body and it gets you more in touch with your vessel. And that's what, you know, that's what truly helped me. I was never the most flexible person in, in dance class or I never had the absolute best technique, but it definitely really helped me get in touch with how my body interacts with music and interacts with the world around me with what I want to do that I don't think that I would have been in this space had it not been for me being in a formal setting where like the work is to get into your body but also like for people who don't see themselves as like movers like it's also perfectly fine there's other forms of drag that does not include dancing and it's and it's all valid I think that everybody should learn how their body works though it is super helpful any class will do any kind of class will do listen it doesn't have to be anything super fancy you can go to Zumba yeah it's totally fine I've been to Zumba classes and they are helpful because to your point it's like getting you comfortable in your body and getting you in your element and it also helps with like your physical condition performing yeah I I don't get as tired as quickly or I'm not as like winded after performing It's, it's just so much better it does help in general so get into a dance class near you yeah and you know how we can be when we're performing sometimes a bitch is performing and she's like oh i'm gonna jump and twirl in the air and then i'm gonna land on my knee or things that aren't necessarily the most healthy physically for the body being in a class kind of helps you to learn how to move your body in its best healthiest way so that way we're also not hurting ourselves or we're not causing long-term damage or damage that can come to us after a long time of doing moves incorrectly or doing moves in an unsafe in an unsafe way so that I think that's also extremely important as well yes being professional is also taking care of your body mm-hmm. we only got one and they don't give us health care No, your body is your work instrument when it comes to drag. That's why you do use for work. So if it's fucked up, it's gone. You can't work. Yeah, you can't do your work. Cesar, you also said this quote or posted this quote, and I wanted to take you back to this moment. It says, the happiest mistakes are the best. Wait, what? Do you remember where that is from? I posted that? The happiest mistakes are the best. That is what what you posted. It's one of your pinned videos and you are performing in like this round scenario. And you said that a lot of things went wrong. Like your padded slit shifted and that. Oh, that was for for gay astrology. Yes, 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 yes. So can you tell us a little bit more about that time? There's this amazing party called Gay Astrology. It's an astrology party. They have it every zodiac cycle and I just so happened to get booked to perform at the cancer party which I also think was like divine timing because that's my moon sign so I was like oh you know like let me perform there I am a cancer yeah that's my moon sign I'm a Leo sun cancer moon cancer rising yes but yeah it was that whole experience of like preparing for that show it just seemed like there were a lot of mistakes the first mistake being the fact that I was so excited for the party that I got dressed and showed up to the event a week early. Like a literal week early. I got I got so dressed up. I had all of my props, everything ready. I got a new 
wig and I had two of my friends at the time like drive me over. We're thinking that we're going to have the time of our lives and we get to the venue and like there's no one there and we're like, what the, like, what the hell? What's, what's going on? My phone was dead at the time so it's not like we could like check. I was like waiting for my phone to turn back on and we had already pre-gamed like because we're, you know, prepared to go out and have the time of our lives just for that, you know, just for them to not be there and then when I got back in the car, saw that my phone was on, I looked at the liar again and I was like, oh, uh, bitch, this is next week. This is fully next week. So that was like the first happy mistake. It was also a great opportunity because even though that show wasn't that night, that gave me and my two friends the rest of the night to like hang out and like party and we were just now like building a friendship like we were just starting to spend time around each other and when I'm working I usually can't spend that time with people the way that I want to just because of how my brain is whenever I'm like out so I'm glad it was it was a great opportunity for us to take that night and just like party in Hollywood by ourselves with good clean healthy fun just us walking down the boulevard looking gorgeous taking pictures smoking yes. a little bit you know it was it was great and then the next week came and I had all of my props from like the week before, like very confetti inspired. I had like a couple confetti cannons and I had this balloon that had confetti in it, which half of those things didn't even work. Like my balloons ended up like popping before I got to the venue. And then one of my confetti cannons wasn't popping correctly. So like that was like late. And then like I like you were saying, like my pads started shifting down just because I was so happy and like moving around all night. But all in all, it was like I wouldn't have traded that night for anything. That was another, again, another night where my daughter came out and like supported me after a long day of work and she was able to be in that space. I had run into two of my friends from high school all the way back in Rochester that were on a, they were on their little reunion trip and they just decided to come here because they wanted to support me, people who I used to work very, very closely with, like on theater productions and stuff at school that just want, that has been seeing me online and really wanted to support me in person. I had them show up to that. So with all of those like little mistakes, I think is what made that night even more special, you know, because it's like all of these things that are like going wrong for this moment, not to mention the the momentum that I felt performing on that round stage. Like, I literally felt like I was in a station, like filming around the console. I just felt so like full of like life, which is something that I hadn't felt like that in a long minute. So yeah, I ended up posting and then looking, like watching the video back. I'm like noticing, you know, my pad shifting. And then I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's fine. Like the happiest mistakes are usually the best because I was still watching that video with my shifting pad with a huge smile on like you know that was just a really really great night yes you look like you're having a fucking blast on stage that's why I wanted to bring it up because I mean I assumed this story was something similar but not that you showed up a week earlier to the fucking gay girl baby a week early <laughs> and was gagged because I don't spend a little bit of time on my makeup like I spend a long time doing my makeup I was planning on like I spent a good four or five hours painting my face specifically for that night. It was five hours plus a week, <laughs> plus a week early that I started my makeup, which is a record. Like, bitch, you can spend a week and five and five hours on your makeup. Sheesh. We should get you to the world Guinness record. <laughs> okay, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Yeah, but I love it because it's about perspective, right? A lot of people, when something goes wrong, they're like, fuck, this is ruined and everything. But I love that you kept pushing forward. You know, you're like, fuck it, my balloons popped. Nope. Okay, what's next? I'm here a week 
week early, fuck it. I'll be here next week too, you know? And just kept moving forward. And even then with all these things that were happy mistakes, you had a fucking blast and one of an iconic performance. So I think that's a lot to like learn from that, you know, just keep pushing. If things go wrong, just roll with the fucking punches. That's show business. Yeah, just roll with the punches. I, as I said before, like I am pretty vocal sometimes, most times there's times like I'll, I'll talk, I'll talk my shit, you know, if things aren't working out in my favor or working out the way that I necessarily plan them. I have a way of like speaking, which is one way and I'll probably act as if like, oh, like, yeah, I'm just not gonna, like, I'll, I'll act like I'm giving things up, but like in the moment, right, when it really matters, I can't help but to just be like hey let's just like let's just do it like and just go like my spirit doesn't allow me to act on those words my spirit is like no you're just gonna go ahead and do it like you know like whatever is gonna happen is gonna happen you better get your ass out there and do what you do i love it get your ass out there and do what you do best bitch and that's what you did i gay astrology <laughs> you know it was so fun i want them to ask me to come back but they have a huge roster of amazing local performers that they have come in so i'm sure but I'm waiting. I'm waiting for them to bring me yeah, back. I know they will, bitch, because you killed it on that fucking video. And y'all need to go watch it. It's in a Caesar's profile. It's on her pinned videos. Uh, fucking amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. I beat it. I beat it. <laughs> also, earlier you mentioned that you are a small business owner. What is this business about? I had no clue. Tell us all the tea. Yes. So I have a small business. It's called SAW. It's an acronym that stands for So Others Finally Thrive. And it's a food program. So back in Rochester, I used to lead lots of protests, specifically during like the Black Lives Matter movement. And on top of like leading protests and leading actions, me and a couple friends started building community fridges around Rochester and keeping those stocked up with just with like donations from people in the community. Uh, and then me and my friends kind of dispersed. One of my friends moved to a different state and then another one moved to a different state and then I came here. It started with us sort of seeking asylum from from where we were at the time. And then one of my friends just came to me one day and was just like, so we have people that have been looking at what we were doing with the food and they would like for us to restart it. In our different cities, it would be the same thing. We'd have to come up with a business plan. We'd have to apply for a 501c3, which would le then legitimize our small, basically nonprofit organization to, it would, be, it would become a profitable organization organization that would be funded by lots of larger nonprofits. So we signed, we ended up putting that through and that got approved. So we became like an official company. Basically, that was just like the history. Basically, what, what I do in, in my sect is I would order like maybe every two weeks, I would order a couple hundred dollars worth of non-perishable items, you know, bread, rice in a bag, pastas, noodles, peanut butter, all that stuff. And then literally just like give it out to the community. If this were a community that had lot uh, that had more uh, community fridges. They wouldn't go to the community fridge. They would go to the community fridges, or they would go to like the LGBTQ transitional and like rehabilitational housing, like for folks of the queer community, specifically uh, BIPOC trans people that are you know just now ending their uh, their journey with uh, addiction or with houselessness. Making sure that we stay fed, so that way we can continue to go out and and, and live the lives that we truly want to live. Like it, it all starts from there. 
there. You know, even though our acronym for the name is So Others Finally Thrive, our tagline is Feed Yourself, you know, because that's like the most important thing. Like we can't go out and make our money unless we have the energy to work, you know, and we can't pay our bills unless we're going out to work. And we can't go out to work again unless we have the energy. It all starts with us being fed, especially with the growth of many food deserts that exist. For people that don't know, a food desert is a community that does not have access to many food sources like grocery stores. And I live in South Central, which is a food desert, honey, like the closest and even the closest grocery store that we can get to is like a Vons or a Target, which if even if we could make it there, it's still expensive. You know, there's lots of liquor stores, lots of dispensaries, lots of like corner stores that sell unhealthy and perishable foods, but not really lots of sources that we can get like groceries to really stock ourselves with like non-perishables. The, the intention of soft is to kind of bridge that gap, you know, to make sure that like we can at least receive something in that way, you know, and I also benefit from soft as well. I'm also part of the community, you know, I'm also part of the community. So there, there's things that are sent to me and that there's like a shipment that is meant to go out and be distributed amongst the community. Oh, you're doing the fucking Lord's work out there uh, with soft. <laughs> this is beautiful. Where can people learn more about soft, possibly support it, possibly make donations or interact with, with the organization? As of right now, me and my two colleagues, we're in the process of getting our website started. So that way we can have a lot of information from there. Other than that, we don't have necessarily a, a source to take in donations right now, which is something, thank you for even bringing that up. That's something that I can keep in my head to work through the next time I meet with them. But if anybody wants any extra information, they can, my inbox on Facebook is always open. Uh, my DMs on Instagram is always open. They can always reach me through social media and my phone is always, I'm not going to give my phone out, my phone number out on here. But for those who, you know, who are that interested in being a part of what Soft is, is intending to bring to the community, I will share that information via DMs on Instagram at QueenZB. That's Q-B-E-E-N-Z-I-B-I or at Aziza Beach Jew on Facebook. It's growing as the need grows, you know? So the more people that are interested in being a part, there's going to be a shift in how it and how it's working because as of right now for Soft LA, it's just me. And I would love to have this be something that does have full, you know, that does have full reach after being in LA in three years and seeing how much work can be done, I would love to get that work done. Absolutely. There's a lot, girl. So for anybody listening that would like to support Soft, support this project, please contact Aziza. This is super important. Drag is about community and we have to support our community. The number of LGBT people, especially trans folks that experience food insecurity is so much bigger than straight folks. So you definitely, definitely have to give back to your community. And if this is something you can do, reach out to our queen right here, mama. Yeah. Even if it's not through like donations, I could also sometimes use help just going through all of the different bags of stuff that we get and like dividing and like dividing things, you know, just having hands on or if anybody has any connections to any other resources or any spaces that would be interested in like hosting food drives, which is also something that I've had in the works for a couple of months. I'm just waiting for the right opportunity to really push that forward. Yeah, let's get let's get some fucking work done. Let's keep let's keep us fed, you know? Cause ain't nobody else gonna do it. Like we gotta do exactly. it. Exactly. We have to feed our own community, honey. I love it. You have such a big heart too. I'm like, oh, falling in love with you more and more, bitch. I fall with you. Like I fell in love with you on stage, and now I'm falling in love with the fucking work that you're doing out there. Come on. Thank you. A little chunk at a time, and it's 
a process for me as well. I can be really, really hard on myself um, because I do, I am somebody that has very, very large dreams and very wide range of vision, so to speak. So I can, if I'm not necessarily like accomplishing everything that I that I set myself out to, I, I have the, the tendency to really jump on myself and I have to like remind myself. So I'm glad that I have the people around me that can help me to remind myself like something is getting done. You know what I'm saying? There is work getting done. Like there's pieces of this iceberg that are being chipped off and just keep remembering that that's going to continue to give you the ammunition or the or the fuel to like move forward and continue to do the work. Like people are going to jump in just because they see that there's somebody doing somebody doing it. You know, yeah, that's so important. If you listening out there at home have a, a friend that is an artist or, or just a friend in general, keep reminding them that they are making a difference in their work, right? Whether it's drag, whether it's their job, whatever their passion may be, just keep reminding them like, hey, you are making progress, bitch. And just because sometimes we get so focused on like with the head down doing our work and our work that we don't see everything that's behind us and everything that we've done. Yeah, we're like passing all of these milestones and like we don't get the opportunity to be like, bitch, I made it. I don't even, it's like when you get like when you're on the bus and you like trail off for a little bit, you're like on your phone, your head down, you're not yeah. looking out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and you missed your stop or you know what I'm saying there's things on the road that like oh like I didn't know that we made it two miles up the street you know because I've been so focused here I've been so focused down right. instead of really taking it in the ground that is being covered you yes. know keep your head up honey and look at the road mm-hmm. if you drive and specifically keep your head up if you're behind the wheel yes. keep your head up keep that head up honey uh, speaking of the road let's talk about your drag road you've done great work seven years in the making you are in LA you are thriving what is next for you what are some of your short-term goals for drag let's say for the next year and what would be your ultimate goal in drag that you, when you achieve that milestone you're like Oh, bitch. I am. And I've been that bitch. <laughs> Ooh, as I was saying, working with my drag mom, honey, on like helping her get her package together, preparing for that and actually going to Chicago to see how Continental is, is run. Definitely opened my eyes to that. So that's something that's like maybe like a three, three to six month goal is like, you know, taking my drag and putting it in the realms of like pageantry and seeing in which ways my drag can grow. Now, obviously, I mean, we all we all see ourselves on on the show, but I actually see myself walking into those doors. That's something that I am preparing myself for because I feel it I feel it coming you know whether it's like this year next year I do feel it right it's making its way to me but and that's not even just like the end goal that's more of like the trampoline to like my bigger goal my big goal is to own my own production company that focuses on like drag choreography almost like a ballet trocaderos which is a ballet company that Brooklyn Heights used to dance for all assigned male at birth ballet company but what they specialize is they will take all of the classical ballets and then they'll flip them so there'll be drag dancers uh, men who do drag that are painted up as Giselle or painted up as the swan from Swan Lake and they're learning all of these choreographies but a lot of a lot of the work that I'll be coming up with in my company will be works of my own because I'm also a choreographer that's like my main goal is to really push my choreography and drag dance to the forefront of like what I do and having my own company, whether it's like doing it on stage or or making videos or I want to do all of that, but I want to have it be under, you know, under the roof of 
Bijou. Of course. And I love that you see the show as a trampoline and not as an end goal. Because a lot, for a lot of queens, it's kind of like the end goal, right? Like, oh, like I made it here. Yes. Okay. But I'm like, what's next? And I had, yeah. Like, how are you going to use that huge platform that you just got to like build yourself further? Because after that one year, 18 months that your season's out, everyone starts to like lose relevance unless you keep the work. Yeah. Especially with how frequently the season, how much drag race we have, you know, just not even just with American seasons or all stars, like just with drag race globally, you know, like not to say that like, you know, girls get forgotten about, but it's easier to kind of, if you're not doing anything with that road, like they're going to just keep putting girls on the show who want to do something, who want to take this and use it for what it's for, which is a launching pad for our bigger dreams, so to speak. You're beautiful. You're performing. You're a businesswoman, honey. Everything. Triple threat. Triple, quadruple. And to put everything, mama. The girl has plans and, and they become more clear with each passing, like I said, with each passing opportunity that I am able to like take on and with each expectation that I put on myself that I then exceed, you know, every time I shut myself up, everything becomes a little bit more clear with like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what this looks like for me. This is what I know that I can do in this world, you know, and I plan on sticking to it. I haven't strayed off from it since I started, you know. Seven years ago in Rochester, New York, why would you stop now? But you're thriving, Kenny. Yeah. Fun fact, this was like a couple of months ago I got a message from my older sister, sent me a picture of myself as a child. I used to pretend to be this one girl from this fighting game called DOA. And it was this girl named Christy with a white bob. She was so fun. (laughs) And I used to pretend to like be her. And I also used to like dress up in like my sister's clothes and dance around to like Spice Girls and Beyonce and stuff as a child. So she sent me this like picture as like a reminder. She's like, remember when like you used to do this as a child? You know, like you've actually been at this your entire life. Like, knew. Doing drag has been a part of my life since job. Yes. Oh my God. Aziza, we are now entering my favorite section of the pod, which is the drag, drag tip, tip of, of the week. week. So Aziza, if you could give away one piece of advice for new drag entertainers, what would that be? Try everything, right? Try everything. Hone in on what you feel the best doing and what is the best and what is the best for you. Example being me being a dancer. That's something that just always has come natural to me. Like comedy was never something that I felt extremely comfortable doing or battling and and competing was never really something that I felt comfortable doing. I was just like a drag dancer. And by me focusing on that for some time and honing in on what I knew that I was good at, what made me feel the most confident is what gave me sort of the energy to step outside of what was my comfort zone. I would say get extremely comfortable with your comfort zone because that's, I don't know how to like word that in any other way. Find what you are good at and really hone in on that, you know, because that it also does provide that sense of security. With all of the trial and error that we can experience, it can be daunting when we try things that aren't necessarily feel the most comfortable with at first or we're not the best at. We have to do more work to get better. If we still have the thought of our head, we're like, oh, like I know that I have this going for me that it's just it offers that assurance that there is talent there you know because I mean I think that the show the race has put on like a stigma of like oh you have to do everything perfectly to be a drag queen and that's not the case you have to find to your point like what you are good at it and really be good at that yeah then you know experience other other things try other things you know stepping out of your comfort zone but always have that thing that you're so good at that you can always go back to that that you can always go back to that, that thing that truly does make you you like that you factor 
doesn't necessarily have to be skill-based. It differs from person to person. Some people might rely more on their skills. Some people might rely more on the fact that they're extremely resilient or extremely hardworking. Or extremely likable. You know, or that you're extreme or that you're extremely likable. Lean in, lean into lean into those things because that's gonna give you the, the assurance to continue to move forward and step outside of your comfort zone. Yes, lean into what works best for you, bitch. Mm-hmm. Aziza, you've been amazing. I loved this conversation. I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> like truly, truly. Where can people get more of you on social media, on your shows? Please plug everything that you need to plug. Yes, well, you guys can find me on the gram of Insta at QueenZB, a Q B. E-E-N-Z-I-B-I. I'm literally always on there. My DMs are always open. You guys can find me on Facebook at Aziza Bijou. That's A-Z-I-Z-A-B-I-J-O-U. Y'all can find me on there. I can always jump into those DMs as well if y'all ever want to talk. And through those social medias, I, that's where I share a lot of like my performance videos. If y'all just want like some good, fun stories to watch like i'm posting to my stories sharing memes videos of me and my daughter those are always up there my phone number is open if y'all really want to tech it up into that kind of gig i'm a beast at iMessage game <laughs> she knows it you know i could eat, i could eat some of y'all up on there i'm just kidding as far as the shows i will be this saturday i will be at kitchen 24 in west hollywood for order up it's a drag dinner show hosted by kitty the dog and starling silver and then i have a bunch of things next week that are all jumbled up right now but those will also be shared on my social media via my stories and i as i share things to my stories i also like to like dm people my flyers as well because sometimes not everybody gets a chance to see the stories but a bitch's dms are always open so i'm all i might just send you something just follow me i am a follow back queen i am i need the engagement (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah i'm i'm here and you know i usually as far as like shows i frequent redline dtla precinct dtla quite a bit sometimes i'm doing brunch in west hollywood at abby or i will be performing at rocco's next week so as far as seeing me in person hit me up catch me while I'm out you know I'm always down to like kiki and chill you know the more the more family that we can build the merrier you know I smoke lots of weed I don't know if I can say that so yes heck yeah if y'all are trying to smoke if y'all are trying to smoke a blunt in the park and listen to some fucking music and just be cunty cunty girl queens together we can do that yeah I'm here honey follow her on social media you're not gonna regret it I am telling you and you're not gonna regret it if you see her in person bomb fuck fantastic performer oh my god thank you y'all won't regret it she's right (laughs) i I usually am you know (laughs) thank you so much aziza and thank you everyone for listening we will see you next tuesday with another fantastic guest Bye. bye thank you for listening to a hundred steps to drag If you like my podcast, don't be shy. Share it with your friends. Leave me a review. If you didn't like it, you're probably homophobic. This episode was edited by Chow Panda Productions. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.